Some turncoats inside the Senate Republican caucus torpedoed a near-total ban on abortion. Meanwhile, the Senate Republican majority inside the caucus, Dave, were able to salvage victory in the jaws of defeat. And I think when you begin to look at it, the question is, are there any true positives we can take out of it? That's next on the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. And welcome into the Palmetto Family Matters podcast, the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. Obviously, the Senate Majority Leader listens to us because he quoted us, not really, uh, on the floor of the Senate yesterday. But it was really close. We'll take credit it was for well, it. We'll gl- gladly take credit on that one. H5399, we've been covering this, uh, well, since the Speaker Merle Smith announced the ad hoc committee right. back before the end of session. House Bill 5399 moves into the Senate in Medical Affairs Committee, the exceptions for rape and incest were taken out of the bill. Right. Then all heck broke loose inside the the South Carolina Senate. The Senate, the South Carolina Senate did what they did best, and I will say that is deliberate. That they they and argue a lot. They what happened in the Senate is exactly politically what happened in the House, folks, because. What the Democrats did in the South Carolina House is they ran a strategy to see if they could fracture the Republican Party and the Republican caucus in the House. And Justin, for the most part, they did. Yeah. They 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 started drawing the battle lines and said, okay, this group is over here, this group is over here. We'll figure out when we're going to vote or not going to vote. And finally, give credit to Speaker Merle Smith and to uh, Senate, uh, sorry, House Majority Leader Davey Hyatt. Mm-hmm to get everybody in a room, figure out what camp they're going to be in, and come up with a strategy about how you're going to turn around and actually outwit a minority that is only one-third of the body. So here's the interesting part of this, folks. You had a minority who is really one-third in the House and one-third in the Senate who outmaneuvered because they found out how to fracture the majority party, and that's why... 5399, Justin, did not end up in its final version coming out of the Senate the way it did in the House, which was a ban on abortion from the moment of conception, with the exception of rape and incest up to 12 weeks, and specific language within there to talk about the health of the mother. And that's talking about things like, how do we deal with things like ectopic pregnancy, molar pregnancies, a long list of items that were enumerated so the doctors and hospitals could actually go back through and say, yes, we can perform these procedures. I've got the whole bill sitting over on my desk right now. Um, It's tucked away. But the number of times... I, If we can take one thing from this, we're going to take a lot away today. If your own senators won't read the bill... Seriously, I mean, really, really, we're talking about on the floor of the Senate, on the floor of the Senate, we're going to get to the clip in a second, there was a Republican senator who literally said when she watched the Senate Medical Affairs Committee and all exceptions were removed from the bill. They did not remove all exceptions from the bill. Ma'am, they didn't remove all exceptions from the bill. I'm so tired of people saying, what about an ectopic pregnancy? It's It's in in the the bill. bill. It's, it, 
we've taken Nancy Pelosi 2010, and we're just running with it. All right, real quick. By yes. the way, I mentioned Nancy Pelosi. That brings to mind something that we need to mention. Yes. Um, don't worry, this isn't cheeky. Really? Obviously, this we're not breaking. It's we're not Friday. No. It's you're not cheeky on a Friday. I know. We're okay. not break. Not yet. We're not breaking news here. Obviously, you heard about this yesterday, but yesterday Queen Elizabeth II right. uh, passed away at the age of ninety six. Now Charles is the new king of king England. King Charles the third. King Charles the third. Long live the king. Apparently, uh, he, he no is now seventy three. He doesn't. He's now seventy three. Wow. Prince William now waits in the wait, wings. Wait, that does not work for people like Joe Cunningham. That would make King Charles the third too old. Correct. Well, there's for the well, job. People, well, people in Joe's party are saying they should just abolish the monarchy. But the okay. point is, yes. the point is, uh, our, our deepest condolences right. to the Queen yeah. and to the royal family and and the people uh, in England as they deal with the loss of the Queen, who reigned for seventy years. Her first. I, I've got this really quick, Dave. This is interesting because I want to bring yes. this up. This Queen's reign, Queen Elizabeth II, obviously the second Elizabeth. Uh, Elizabethan. Elizabethan age. Thank yeah, yeah. you. You're Words. Uh, this Queen. <laughs> this Queen saw six popes. Wow, fourteen U.S. presidents. Wow. I believe I believe fifteen prime ministers, and just as a joke, fifty-nine different starting quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, so, but wait, most of those were in the last like few seasons. Correct. Right. Okay. Uh, so, sure. so our condolences to the Queen and her family and the people of England. Obviously, they will move forward with a new king, the first king since Elizabeth's father uh, was king of England. And secondly, Sunday marks twenty-one years. Uh, since the uh, attacks uh, on September 11th, 2001. So as we move into the weekend, obviously the Tunnels to Towers 5K run and walk tonight here in downtown Columbia. They'll have the remembrance ceremony at the beams that are down here near the Metropolitan Convention Center. I encourage you, wherever you are, find a remembrance ceremony. Find some way that you can continue to remember this day. As we move further and further uh, into the future, less and less people were alive on that day. So we need to do everything we can to keep remembering those we lost on that day and the tragic events that took place that galvanized the country and really ushered us into a, a whole new age here in the it's, 21st it's century. It's interesting, and, and, and we'll stay on this tangent one more second. The college juniors and seniors were born yep. in that time period. Yep, that's weird Most of our college students today were not alive on 9-11. That just put some... So that again, I'm glad Mitch Prosser is not here to make me feel old. Again, there so, we go. so that that's the that's what's happening in the world as it stands. Uh, again, I hate that we're not going to get to the AOC GQPs. That really frustrates me. We'll have we, to touch on that on Monday. Uh, I don't know if I want to touch on any part of that. You do. Do I, I you really? Do. No. I, you do. Okay. I'll read the whole piece for you. I don't right want to read air. the whole piece on the I'll air. I'll read it to you. I, Dramatic I, you, reading. You did enough. <laughs> So it'll be a dramatic yeah. reading of the day of the day that she had to cower in the House offices during the insurrection. I just want to give you a quick point that the Capitol's here. The House offices are there. there. Uh, not anywhere close. No. Anyway, not the point. We're back to the South Carolina Senate, which... Uh, <laughs> oh, was just as careful. much like the South... Well, as the careful. U.S. House and AOC yesterday. Careful. Because careful. the arguments that we heard yesterday... On the I was going to say it was full of AOCs yesterday. Was was very AOC-ish. Uh, now, there are some positives. So on your screen now, right here at the bottom of the screen, you're seeing some positives here. Yes. Number one, we fixed the heartbeat loophole. We've talked about this. The heartbeat bill is currently uh, stayed in the state Supreme Court. There was a lawsuit right. filed by Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood and the Greenville Women's Clinic. Right. They, they filed suit. That suit has now gone to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court has said, well, we're going to put a stay. We're not going to enforce allow you to enforce the heartbeat law until we've actually heard this case. And in their 
uh, order, they listed out some items that were problematic. And so this modification of 53, the Senate's version of 5399. <laughs> has to go back to the House. Has to go back to that. But th- there is at least language in there that did remain in there. Yes. That corrects the issue that the Supreme Court signaled. Hey, listen, you've got an issue over here. It needs to be dealt with. And in all honesty, probably more than anything, Justin, there, there are three major big takeaways. This one is key to keeping South Carolina from becoming an abortion vacation destination state. Because, and Senator Massey brought that up right, yesterday. We would have retreated. Without this, we will, we will retreat to being a state that has a 20-week ban. Which is... Which is... If, most pregnancies mind, are 40 weeks. Your child inside a womb is at least as large as your hand by 20 weeks. Just put that into perspective. You're talking a child who can fit in the palm of your hand being aborted. That's goes. That will be where the law is in South Carolina if this does not pass. It. I told you guys this off the air yesterday, and it just gets me. We were debating yesterday how important babies were. I, if we can make, if Seriously. you can put yourself into that, we were debating how important babies are and when they're actually important. Number two, we changed the rape and incest exception. Right. Uh, brought it down from twenty weeks down to twelve. Right. So, so in the heartbeat law, there was no specific time frame. So, for for when an an exception would be allowed for rape or incest. So by default, that went back to that 20-week rule. This now, at least in the Senate version, defines the point at which if a woman has rape or incest uh, inflicted upon her, keep in mind, it is a crime that needs to be prosecuted. Uh, If that does take place, there's a 12-week window in the Senate version of this, which is in essence, exactly what the House version had. Yes, it is. So, and kind of keep that. But statistically, it was an interesting part of the discussion yesterday because Senator Massey did put this up on the screen. Mm-hmm. D stats. The same stats have been put up by uh, by us. by us. We've talked about this before. Uh, Representative uh, Jones had discussed those in on the House floor as well. And so, here's the thing about it: in the last five years, the number of reported rapes and incest that led to an abortion in South Carolina? Zero. Now, we can have a discussion as to why. There's the, the prevailing argument against that, of course, in like full transparency, right. the prevailing argument against that is going to be that women do not want to report the rape. They have feelings of shame, regret, some sense of it was my fault. There are tons of things that play into that, why they don't ever report the rape. Uh, so that could be a reason why, right. just full transparency, that they just didn't report it. And, and, and to this point, they really haven't had to right. and, up until the heartbeat. Well, and, and this is a statement about, I think, where we as a society need to get. Certainly. We need to get to a point where it, as much as a traumatic event as that is, I never want somebody to feel shame for something that is not her fault. And so in, in this situation, we want to make sure that, that the, the emotional, mental, and spiritual health of that woman is taken care of. But just as much, we want to make sure that the perpetrator mm-hmm. who committed the crime yes. receives justice for his actions. There is no reason why 
a perpetrator of a sexual crime should not face time as <laughs> we've, we've gone so far as to say, you know, if it happened, if it happened to one of our kids, I wouldn't have a problem putting them in concrete and put them under the house. I, I believe, and this is a federal issue, right. and I believe we need to visit this, but I believe that people who, men who rape some, rape a woman, uh, they deserve to be castrated and killed. I believe that should be the law. I, you better be lucky, better be glad I'm not the, uh, the president or the king. Uh, of the United States of America. Although I believe we'd be brand a lot better, inflation wouldn't be as high. The last thing that happened, we'll quickly, right. we'll, we'll touch and go on right. this as we get to the negatives because it's where people seem to dwell these days. Uh, we did codify into state law the defunding of Planned Parenthood in the state budget. Right. So no more state dollars going to fund Planned Parenthood. Right. So previously, there's, there's a section in, in the creation of a state budget called provisos. So it basically acts like a one-year law that you can write into the budget and say, okay, for this fiscal year, where these rules are going to be in place. And, and it enables us to be able to have quasi-laws in our state that last for that one-year period. And very often, we'll use that as trial balloons to try to see how things work. It worked with charter schools. Charter schools were a part of the budget proviso process for 10, 15 years until they were codified into state law. Mm -hmm. That makes them permanent in state law. And so that they immediately go into a line item in the budget instead of this, okay, every year we gotta figure out, are we gonna tack this on, gonna tack this on, gonna tack this on. This basically says no money, no funding will go to Planned Parenthood or to fund abortions with state dollars in South Carolina. That's a win. That is a huge win. So look at the three wins we've got right here. First win, we end up fixing a loophole that could that the Supreme Court could be using Mm -hmm. to put us back at a 20-week mark. Correct. We moved exceptions from 20 weeks to the end of the first trimester, so 12, 13 weeks. The, the actual language actually says first trimester. trimester. right. Okay. And then we codified into state law the defunding of Planned Parenthood. Keep in mind, at the State House, Justin, because I know that you were here monitoring things that were going on, Mitch and I were back and forth in different things at the State House, Planned Parenthood and their allies were out in force. I mean in force at the State House. I'm dozens of people that are there. Um, and I'm just going to call out to our pro-life community. I need you to understand something. When you see us, when you see the Diocese of Charleston, when you see the, the South Carolina Baptist Convention, uh, South Carolina Citizens for Life, you see the Crisis Pregnancy Centers, our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom and Concerned Women for America, our One Message allies. You see us at the State House. We're there fighting for you. But in reality, we were outnumbered at least two, if not three to one, on most days at the State House. So to our friends who are a part of the broader pro-life community, when these things are going on, we need you there. We actually need you physically at the State House. You can't be a, a Facebook keyboard warrior and let that be the only place that you fight. You actually need to come down to the State House because that is a face-to-face -face conversation with legislators who need to hear from you. Because by the time we got to certain portions of the day yesterday, we had members of the Senate that were just getting bombarded with text messages and phone calls, and I had two or three of them just say, hey, listen, I'm just setting my phone down. I don't, I can't. I can't answer all the calls and I can't answer all the text messages. Not to say that's not important, but... It had gotten to that point in the debate. It had gotten to that point, and that's where you need to be helps. in person to help with the fight. I agree. Uh, a couple of negatives now. 
on your screen. We'll, we'll quickly hit two of these, and then we'll spend the majority of our time on the last point. Number one, you lost a total ban. Uh, the House bill is not the same as when it came over. Right. That's number one. Uh, number two, we, we do have some definitions inside of Heartbeat, but House Bill 5399 did a fantastic job of laying out these specific issues in pregnancy that could impact mm-hmm. and could possibly end the life of the mother or put her health at severe risk. We don't have an exhaustive of, as, of a list as that now. Um, the problems with doctors not liking that I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't even play one on TV. So I don't really know deeply into this. I don't like the conversation of a doctor can't perform this. He will have to stop and call the law, uh, the the hospital attorney. No, you just need to know the law. Right. You just need <clears throat> to know what conditions are factored in. You know what they are. As I, so we don't have as exhaustive of a list in terms of defining what's right. health. And because they were going so far as to explain things like molar pregnancy, ectopic pregnancy, partial molar pregnancy, right, and, and help syndrome, right, H E L L P. There were so there were they were enumerated in the House bill, which was really important. Yes, because it helped to miscarriages. Prime example: miscarriages is was was enumerated in there and defined because here's the thing about it folks and we've talked about this so you probably heard it before the same medical procedure for a for addressing a miscarriage is the same medical procedure for doing certain types of abortions right because it is the removal of the body from within the uterus the difference being with the miscarriage the body has already died yes in an abortion the body inside the uterus is still alive but the procedure is the same and and during the house hearings we kept hearing doctors conflate those issues as well we can't what are we going to be able to do because you're going to make it illegal for us to be able to help a woman who's who's having a miscarriage or who has had a miscarriage can i do that she's going to go sepsis no, she's not. And and that put a definition in there, which is not currently in South Carolina law. That is a loss that we have on this bill right now. We also lost a conservative coalition. Democrats didn't kill the bill. They didn't. Let me repeat that for you one more time. Democrats did not kill this bill. Do you want me to let you know who killed the bill? Let's go through some numbers real quick so that you understand this. Let's just do some math real quick. There. 40... I was told there would be no math. There's math today. Okay. It's Friday. Right, We've got to do your homework. Oh, watch pencil. Watch pen. Here we go. There are 46 senators in the South Carolina Senate. Now, when you take that into account, there are 30 Republicans. There are 16 Democrats. You should pass whatever you want. So... Here's how the numbers broke themselves down. You had a group of about five of them, which were, we want no exceptions at all. We're going to hold hard and fast. Okay. You had a group of about five on the other side, which were basically, they turned into the, to the pro. light. Yeah, they were pro-abort. They were, they were going to kill this piece of legislation. So you got five and five, that leaves you 20 in the middle. Whew. So if everybody's there and everybody's voting, then 
which direction are you going to go? And what the Democrats allowed to have happen was the fracturing of the Republican Party, the Republican caucus inside the Senate. The caucus was already fractured. The caucus, I don't really believe they did a good job of coming together to begin with to come up with a strategy because if they had, I think they would have dealt with a lot of other things before they got to the floor. But they hashed a lot out on the floor. And and I think that they think that that needs to be part of the process. It is very very different than what we saw happen in the house. The Senate is just different. They are. They they approach things differently. They are going to openly debate. They are going to have long discussions. This it is going Senate to does. last for a long time. It's the Senate. It is the deliberative body. It's the Senate. So part of the thing that it used to be the joke is this is where good bills go to die. And and until until last year, Justin, that was the case. But you remember in in the last session, they were passing heartbeat bill. They passed several other major pieces of legislation. And it looked like, wow, the Senate's actually going to turn around and be the conservative leader. They were outflanking the House. The House. Anymore. But on this particular bill, that didn't happen. So we, we kick off. I just want to highlight this conservative coalition fracturing. It started on day one inside the Senate. Here for you on your screen, back to back to back. You're going to hear from the three Republican women. And again, really quick, just want to preface this. I'm not attacking them. We are not attacking these senators because they are women, because they're Republican, or because they're Republican women. Not doing it all. You just need to hear what they said. This is how debate started on Wednesday. Wednesday. So Wednesday morning, all of the, all of the women. Four of the five, because um, Mrs. McLeod, McLeod was Senator not here McLeod this week. was not there this week. Correct. Um, but they all stood up to speak. And, and to their point, and you will hear this, Women make up 50, 51% of the population. There are more women than men. Okay. Mathematically, they make up less than 10% of the Senate. Well, actually, that's more than 10% of the Senate. It's just a little bit more than 10%. Yeah, it's a little bit more than 10% of the, of the Senate that, that they make up. Okay. We'll get to that. I'll get to that's my response. Enough, right. I'll get to my response. But Here, you need to hear what they have to say. We're going to start with uh, Senator Sheely. After Senator Sheely, we will go to Senator Sin of Charleston. Then we will go to Senator Gustafson of Kershaw. So let's start with Senator Katrina Sheely of Lexington. The fact is, I do not want anyone in this room making life and death decisions for me, my daughter, my granddaughter, and for that fact, anyone. I also do not want the person I choose as my medical professional to stop in the middle of a procedure and request the South Carolina Code of Laws to decide if he can proceed or if he may be committing a crime punishable by a fine or time in prison. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't want any 10-year-old who is raped by her 13-year-old brother, and yes, it happened right here in West Columbia, to be afraid because first, no one taught her about sex because there's no sex education in elementary school. She didn't know she was pregnant until she was six months, and she was forced to have a baby at 10 years old. The chances of this young girl's reproductive system ever being normal and her having children with someone she really loves 
have greatly diminished, not to mention her psychological damage. But the South Carolina legislature, we know best. But you ask, why am I talking about this? Isn't she pro-life? Yes, I'm pro-life. I'm also pro-life of the mother, the life she has with her children who are already born. I care about the children who are forced into adulthood that was made up by a legislature full of men so they can make, take a victory lap and feel good about it. You want children raising children who will most likely suffer domestic violence and live in poverty, but you don't care because you've done your job and you will forget about them once they are born. You will fight my legislation on foster homes and adoption. You will fight, not support legislation to stop sex trafficking and pornography. You will not support my legislation for free meals for all children in schools. But what I do want you to think about, my, my Republicans are who I'm talking about now, um, think about the Republican creed. I don't know how abortion became so big in our party. Um, it's because there are extremists that turn around and they make um, the, the agendas. They make the platform. And so here, that is on a platform. But if you listen to the Republican creed, there is nothing even close to that. Nothing close to that in the, in the platform. So what I'd ask for you to do is start start focusing less on social issues and focusing more on lowering taxes and on fiscal conservatism. Please, that is my ask. And the other thing I'm asking is please give us equal rights. You know, y'all won't even give us equal rights, and here's why. We don't need equal rights. We got y'all, the little ladies. We got y'all. Why would we even need equal rights? I do hope that one of you chairmen are going to let equal rights come out of the box this year. And my final ask is to let's put this whole issue um, on, on the ballot. Let's put it on the ballot. But we won't do that because y'all are scared to do that. The same thing that happened in Kansas would happen here resoundingly. Y'all think you know better than your own constituents. Y'all have said time and again, your constituents want this. Mine don't. I can tell you now, mine don't. And odds are that yours don't either. We can do better than this, ladies and gentlemen. We can do better than this. We are better than this. And I'm going to ask you to please, please, at least give us exceptions. And I'm going to ask you to please let us put this on a referendum. Thank you. Thank you, Senator Charleston. Uh, I was shocked when all the exemptions were eliminated, all of them. Now, I do agree with uh, Senator from Anderson that there are no easy answers here, that there are right ones. I believe that. But I think what is right is that we do the best job possible balancing the rights of the baby, of the child, with the rights of the mother who's carrying that child. It doesn't seem that this bill regards the mother at all. Uh, it, it was uh, very clear that Senator from Beaufort brought a very specific view to the committee yesterday that I thought really signified what I, what I felt. He offered that this bill does not recognize or even acknowledge another right besides the right of the baby. So, do we women have no autonomy over our own bodies? Are we simply baby machines? 
the circumstances by which the female is pregnant, is that completely irrelevant? Are you pregnant with a dead baby? Nope, too bad. You have an ectopic pregnancy? Oh well, too bad. You're raped at 11 by your grandfather and got pregnant. Well, <laughs> that's just too bad according to this bill. I uh, I said I wasn't going to. I, I'm going to. Senator Gustafson, you're just a baby machine. Nothing in the bill has anything to do with women. Ectopic pregnancies don't matter. Oh, you're, I'm quoting you. Oh, well, according to this bill. Senator, it's in the bill. Number two. Um, the bill doesn't regard the mother at all. Really, doesn't regard the mother at all. We have a whole section about life of the mother and what the exceptions are. Uh, Senator Sin, extremists make the agenda? You're part of the Republican caucus. Number two for you, there are no equal rights for women. Tell me, Senator, what's it like to stand on the Senate floor as a senator? What's it like? What's it like? Because while there aren't more female senators, I agree with you, and maybe there could be better representation. I'm not sure. Or maybe, just maybe, in those areas that don't have a female senator, maybe run a qualified candidate to be a senator. I Help me, Dave. Yes. Do we have a female governor? We have had a female for two governor. terms, right? Well, right. a term and a half. She, uh, we did have a female governor, Nikki Haley. We was, did. was Nikki, uh, Nikki was, Haley. Yes, she's from. She's from Lexington. Lexington. Interesting, right? Um, okay. You want to put abortion <clears throat> on the ballot? Well, that's a determination by the General Assembly. I'm going to let you know a little secret, though. The will of the body of the Assembly is not to put it on the ballot. If you want it to be the will of the General Assembly to put it on the ballot, elect people who want to put it on the ballot. It's called democracy. And finally, Mrs. Katrina Sheely, Senator. Sheely, you're a senator in my county. You're not my senator, though. My senator's uh, Nikki Setzler. Not the time or place. You don't believe that legislators should determine life or death issues? Fine, then. Let's repeal the law to wear your seatbelt. Let's repeal the law that says you have to be 21 to drink. Let's repeal laws that say you have to wear a helmet when you ride a motorcycle. Let's, let's repeal any sort of law that might inflict harm on a human being. Because according to that statement, we don't need to legislate life and death inside of our General Assembly. There's no sex education in elementary schools. I'll agree with you on that. You know why? Because we don't want to give over sex education to the liberal left and indoctrinate children in elementary school. We don't want to do that. Now, if that's, that's getting into comprehensive sex education, right, Senator? And I do feel bad for the 10-year-old baby <laughs> or the 10-year-old girl who was had a child because she was raped by our 13-year-old brother in West Columbia. I live in West Columbia. That's sad. It's heartbreaking. It's barbaric. And it shouldn't happen in a free society. I agree with you. You want you, you want people to help you fight for adoption? Foster care? Fight human trafficking? Hello. We're here. We're here. Right here. We're going to continue doing that as we get into the next legislative session. Feel free to join us for an episode of the podcast. We'd love to talk to you about this. Right, because the reality is there are a lot of these types of issues that do need to be addressed. To, to Senator Sheely's credit, some of these issues have not been addressed. When she starts talking about what needs to be done in the commercial sex business and sex trafficking, it's not been you addressed. You can do both, though, you Dave. You can do both because guess what? That's the way. But why, Justin, were they back for this session to deal with one thing. Yes. A bill that addresses the issue of abortion following the Dobbs decision. Which well, as some senators call it the Dodd decision, which is hilarious. Which overturns Roe versus Wade. You wrote it into the sine die resolution that said... And you said, voted for that. 
we are going to come back and we are going to deal with this issue. So if you don't like the fact that you're dealing with this issue, you said we're going to come back to deal with this issue. What did you think was going to happen? So in this particular case, I've got to go back and, you know... I think I hit every point. Maybe I missed with one. With the exception of one. The doctor who needs... Guess what? Every doctor goes through continuing ed, just like every lawyer goes through continuing education. Teachers, Teachers go through continuing education. Real estate agents. Your dentist goes through continuing education. Part of that process and part of the responsibility of the hospitals and the doctors are to know the law that you're practicing under. They're supposed to know the law that you can't even read properly, senators. I just, I don't have it in me to sit here and to say to a senator, listen, would, would you take the time, I'm just going to call it Senator Gustafson, you got up there in the well and you called out things that were specifically outlined in the bill that came over from the House. And, and they were still in there after the Senate Medical Affairs Committee made their changes. Right. They didn't Those take out the life of the No, they were not taken out. It is your responsibility to read that law, to read that bill and understand what it says. I understand this is an emotional issue. It was an emotional issue across the board for both sides. And that group that's there in the middle, we talked about a minute ago, they're like, y'all fight it out because we're just going to sit back and we're going to let y'all fight for a while. And we'll vote for the pro-life legislation however it falls. Right. And that's what a lot of your colleagues in the Republican caucus did. They sat back, they let the fight go on, and then they voted. Uh, one more one more thing. I, I, this Putting it on the ballot's interesting. We're going to get to this. Um, so we're talking about the Republican caucus in the Senate sort of salvaging victory in the jaws of defeat. Uh, it was a fractured caucus. It, I believe more fractured. Maybe not more fractured, but certainly it had a very more, much more distinct fracture in it than the House caucus did, yeah. simply because the numbers game was so important here. Um, but I just want to let you in on a little secret. Senators... You, you didn't beat the Republican bullies. You didn't beat the conservative bullies. Senator Sin, the, uh, quote, extremists, I guess, I, I guess she really took to, uh, President, I guess she took to President Biden's MAGA speech. Um, the extremists who make the agenda, I'm going to let y'all in on a little secret. Y'all didn't, um, y'all didn't stop or stand up to conservative bullies. You knelt before the leftist bullies because you think you stopped some things and got things where you wanted them. I'm going to let you know a little secret. Those on the other side, those who are pro-abortion, aren't celebrating today. As a matter of fact, they're upset. They are. Let's read a few of these. Just Representative, for the Representative Spencer Wetmore from Charleston. Actually, she represents James Island, Folly Beach, Kiowa, and Seabrook Island. That sounds a lot like an overlay with Sandy Sins District. Is. Okay. Um, just wanted to make sure. The, what is, this is her what tweet. Does she have to say? This yeah. is her tweet. The South Carolina Senate just passed a near total ban on abortion. Really? Because all they did was really codify heartbeat. Which was actually done actually back clean in up heartbeat. February of twenty one, and this really didn't change any of the numbers. But okay. way, but but way to There's try to get more. the voters who don't pay attention. Okay. Um, it's time to fight back. We need to send more pro choice women to the state house to protect our rights and freedoms. You can do that by donating to our campaign today. Did she uh, actually say that part? Donate to our campaign today to help me help send me back to Columbia to fight for you. Chip in. Ooh, okay. Um, there we go. And then someone responds that we cannot Amy Klobuchar. Huh, you're going to quote somebody. 
We cannot allow a world where our daughters have fewer rights than their mothers or grandmothers. You know what? That's right. That's why those of us on this side are fighting for us to have daughters and granddaughters. Right. Instead of having them killed. Anyway, not the point. The vice Actually, governor. It is, it is the point, but. It is the point. Vice yes. Governor Wannabe. Yes. What did what did Vice Governor Wannabe. First of all, I, I, I clapped back at him. That's a, I think that's still a popular term. Is it? Uh, on, okay. on social media because he okay. said that people were politically grandstanding on this. And I'm like, that's what you're doing right now. Uh, but today. I, the, the, yeah. the, I still think that Democrats are not recognizing the fact that when they call other people out, it's because they're doing it. It's, it's total projection. Okay, Everything I hate sure. about myself, I say you're doing. Okay. Uh, last night, September 8th, Year of Our Lord, 2022, at Wait, 8.40 p.m. did he actually say Year of Our Lord? No, I'm saying that. Oh, okay. I'm just I'm, giving you a time stamp. Okay. There. No, he didn't say that. I was about to say. Tonight. Yes. Governor McMaster's allies in the state Senate voted against a bipartisan effort to allow the voters of South Carolina to decide the future of abortion laws in our state through a constitutional referendum. The introduction of those referendum amendments were not germane to the bill. And guess what? Nobody voted on it. Nobody voted on it. (laughs) As a matter of fact, Senator Rankin was still holding the floor on that particular section of an amendment to the bill before he left with leave for the night. So we were never going to vote on it. We were never going to vote on it, Joe. That was after, by the way, Senator Rankin led the Senate in singing happy birthday to the Senator from Gaffney, to which the Senator from Gaffney said, <laughs> yes. I'm the perfect example that growing old is not is mandatory, <laughs> but growing up is not. Uh, a day, uh, uh, Some brevity during the day. Yes. Joe Cunningham continues. This is a thread, my friends. Oh, it goes on. Okay. They know good and well that the people of South Carolina oppose their radical effort to rip away a woman's right to control her own body, and they would lose badly at the ballot box, sort of like you will in November. This predominantly male chamber, you're also a male, Joe. Don't know if you know that. Really? Uh, does he, be, wait, wait, wait. Does he know his gender? I'm sure okay. he does. This Do predominantly, This predominantly, okay. I loved when the senator brought that up yesterday. This predominantly male chamber believes they are the only people in South Carolina who are qualified to make decisions about women's bodily autonomy. I could not disagree more. Tweet number four of six. These politicians chose to ignore and disrespect the stories, fears, and experiences of their female colleagues and their female constituents in order to ram through the abortion ban that Governor McMaster has been working towards for years. What? South Carolina has one of the highest maternal and infant mortality rates in the entire country, less than Georgia right next door. Just saying stats and, matter. And, 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 they're, matter. and they're led by Governor Abrams. Wait, um, wait, wait. Statistics, numbers matter, right? Facts don't care about your feelings and statistics. Is numbers that, never is lie. Is he going to find that out in November? People lie. Okay. Politicians lie. Numbers never, never do. Okay. It puts legislators in between women and their doctors and would charge physicians with a felony if they provide evidence-based medical care. This clear over. This is a clear wait, overreach. He hasn't read the bill. No, Apparently. he hasn't. Okay, just want to make sure. This is a clear overreach of government. And the consequences will be severe. In two months, McMaster and his allies will face voters at the polls and will have to answer for their unrelenting attempts to strip away the fundamental freedoms, health, and safety from over ha- from half of our population. So here's a number for you. <laughs> this time last year at the Planned Parenthood uh, facility in Columbia, South Carolina, they were averaging 40 abortions a week. I found out yesterday the number 
of average abortions per week right now? 61. Ooh. Heartbeat was not in effect a year ago. Abortions are up 50% from this time last year. So if you think numbers don't lie, statistically, 31 women lost their lives in Columbia this week before they were given a chance to take their first breath. Let that number sink in for you. 31 females lost their lives before they ever got to take their first breath. How about that number, Joe? By the way, real quick, he's mounting this as um, a poll obtained exclusively by the Charleston City Papers showed that uh, incumbent Governor McMaster has less than 50% of the vote and leads by just seven points against Cunningham. Do you know who conducted this poll? Who conducted the poll? Impact Research for the Cunningham campaign. Oh, okay. I don't trust that poll. You know, there there are, there are several polls. <laughs> I don't trust that poll. So here, here's the thing on polls. Polls are a snapshot of public opinion at a given moment in time. But you also have to ask yourself the question, what are the questions that are being asked? Are they, are, how, how is it being done? What percentage? Is it an accurate representation of the voting population? Those are the things that go on. Here's the real, the real point. You gotta start asking yourself the question, do you wanna continue in building an, an economic base and an economic structure that says we are a conservative state, we're going to continue to be a conservative state, or do you wanna turn into California light? Because Joe Cunningham wants to turn us into California light. Here's here's where I'll here's where we'll start to wrap up. I think this is telling, and I think this gives you an idea of where we are inside the South Carolina Senate. Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey, after two cloture votes had failed, after um, I think trying, I, that's trying to stop debate. Trying to stop debate so we can get a vote, vote on, on the, the bill. Um, then um, the. Senator from Beaufort, Senator Tom Davis, former chief of staff for Governor Sanford, took to the floor to filibuster. This is what Shane Massey said, Republican majority leader from Edgefield. Okay. Quote, this is not where I wanted to be. I was hoping we'd be more aggressive, but it's clear to me the votes are not there in the Senate for an abortion ban before six weeks. We don't have the votes. If you're angry today, if you're upset today that the Senate didn't get more done, if that the Senate didn't pass a bill, if not if not H5399s that came over, or at least something similar to get some sort of concurrence in the House on that. If you're upset by that today, I understand. Yeah. Yesterday was a tough day. Yesterday was a sad day for a lot of folks. I will totally see that. I think we've outlined the wins from yesterday, things that you need to be proud of, things that you that you need to that you need to tout things that you need to make sure you discuss with folks. If you're unhappy, you can change it. I mean, you, it, we, we do elect people. The extremists may make the agenda, but the voters make up the Senate. Right. So this is where you've got 46 members of the Senate. Every member of the South Carolina Senate is up for election in 2024. I'd start holding their feet <clears throat> to the fire now. It's time to start holding people's feet to the fire. Um, there are some members who are going to be re probably retiring in the next two years. Of the, of the members in the Senate right now, I would not be surprised. This is just wild prognostication two years out. I would not be surprised to see at least 
six to eight new members of the South Carolina Senate come 2024-25. Just on the out, <clears throat> just on the outline, talking in two years, I'm just you're talking about retiring. Just trying to think about the numbers here. I'm way off topic, and we got to go. But I'm just trying to think in my head. Uh, Senator Sessler. I mean, he's been in the Senate for 40 years now. Is 44. That 44. Right. I don't know whether the senator from Gaffney wants to be in the Senate. Uh, well, he's, I, he's Senate fine issue. Never mind. He ain't going nowhere. He's go- um, they'll carry him out. Senator right. Senator 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 Cash um, has been there for a little while, but uh, Senator Sheely. Uh, there, there are several that are moving parts that they may want to try something different. 2024, maybe you're in there for another two years, heading into 26. I, there's going to be a lot of moving parts. Right. But understand as that gets mm-hmm. closer – Now's the time to start holding some feet to the fire and asking your senators to call their office, request a meeting, sit down with them, and respectfully ask them, Senator, why couldn't y'all get this done? Or if you're one, if your senator is one of the specific ones, um, Senator Senator Sin, Sheely, Gustafson, Davis, um, Henry, I've, I've seen a few names. Right. <clears throat> ask them why. What, Senator? Explain it to me. Explain to me your position. Here's mine. Explain that position to me. That's your part in this thing we call government. Government is not just the elected people who we send to Columbia or we send to Washington or that we have on our city or town council or county council. It's you. You are the integral part of this. It's interesting when you take a look, and this is your quick little government lesson, If you take a look at the United States Constitution, it starts off with the phrase, we the people. You have that responsibility in this. Yes, we elect leaders. We elect, at the state level, we elect representatives and we elect senators. We elect governors and attorney generals and, and, and several different people to represent our interests. That's what the voting, that's the importance of voting. And unfortunately, five-sixths of re, uh, registered voters in South Carolina did not do so during the primary. If you're one of those, we hope you show up for the general election the second Tuesday of November. It's going to be real important for you to be there. Because this is where you let your voice be heard in this process. You also have a place for your voice to be heard while the legislation is going on. So again, if there's a piece of legislation that's going on that you have interest in, mm-hmm. that we're talking about, and you go, hey, listen, I really need to do something about that, stay with us. You are listening to the fastest growing conservative podcast in South Carolina because you want to know what's going on with the issues, why they matter, what the Bible says about them, and what you can do about it. Because that is your place of involvement. If you've not downloaded, downloaded the Palmetto Family app, go ahead and do so today. Uh, we'll make sure that there's a link on there for you to be able to get to that section on our website. You need to be able to, to share this podcast with your friends. You're not going to get this level of analysis and understanding of what's going on by watching an evening newscast or just reading what you see in the paper. We're going to go into right. the depths of why both sides of the issue help you to understand that because it's real important for you and your friends and your neighbors who you need to share this with to be able to be informed on, on what's going on. If you don't like the way things turned out in this particular vote within the South Carolina Senate, join the club. <laughs> let your voice be heard. Contact your yep. senator. Take the time to go to scstatehouse.gov. 
and find your legislator. Find who your state senator is. Call the person up. Ask for a meeting. They'll probably go to coffee with you. They may grab breakfast or lunch. Yeah, they're out of session for a little while now. They are. They got time. Take the time to do that because the ones that you have a relationship with, you have an ability to communicate with, and your voice has greater impact when you reach out to them because you've taken the time to get to know who they are. That's why all of this is so important. Why we at Palmetto Family take the time two, three, this particular case, four times this week, come to you in a podcast like this so that you know what's going on, so that you can be informed and you can stay on top of things. Right. We want to make sure that you continue to do that. So continue to follow us on the app, email newsletter, all of the above. Get involved in what we're doing here. And we appreciate your attention, your attentiveness, and your action this week. As this was very serious legislation. It was. And I'm proud to say that you guys uh, showed up. You did what you needed to do. Um, and and we, get, we got some things done. This is still an ongoing process. This bill is heading back over to the House. What is the House going to do with it now? And how do they send it back over to the Senate? It's not over yet. No. I'll tell you that. And it's not over by a long shot. We'll be back next week, kind of on our more normal schedule. We'll be looking right. at things going on around the country and around the state, shaping the Palmetto State and the country from a biblical worldview. I promise you, I've teased it for two days now. I will bring you the AOC <laughs> article in GQ. Really? I mean, do we really have to go through yes, that one? Yes, we do. Is it really? Is it? Is it? I almost want to do a poll. If it's that valuable for you, would you let Justin know? I it mean, is. It is that valuable. It's going to be. You on want your... to hear about it? You want to hear about it? I know you do. Um, and we'll uh, have. Do, are you going to do the dramatic read? <laughs> Should we get some music to go along with it? We'll get a little music bed. Ooh, we'll get a little music yeah. bed, and 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 we'll talk about it. There are plenty of there's plenty of things going on across <laughs> the country, uh, actually, that we haven't even gotten into. By the way, the the U.S. Senate might have the votes to overcome the filibuster to codify same-sex marriage into into U.S. law. That's that's something huge. important. Uh, but we'll talk about that next week right. because we got to get out of here on a Friday. We appreciate you taking the time this week to follow along with the debate in the House and the Senate on House Bill 5399, the Human Life Protection Act. We'll continue to keep we'll continue to keep you updated. We're almost an hour in. We'll continue <laughs> to keep you updated on everything going on with that legislation and the fight to save lives in South Carolina. For Kevin Cayello, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson, I'm Justin Hall. Our entire team at Palmetto Family thanks you for joining the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters Podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone.